Hi everyone, my name is Tara Acosta and welcome to the Street Smart Side of Business. Today we're here with Mike Coleman of the Mike Coleman team with Keller Williams, Devin Weed. Uh, Mike is a realtor and just an entrepreneur at heart. So welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I figure we'll kind of dive in and I guess we'll start with your life as a realtor. Sure. So a lot of people, you know, look at realtors and and think that, you know, they're just they're just busy people that sell houses. But <laughs> I don't think that it's realized like the entrepreneur that you have to be in order to be successful in that field. Right. So, yeah, tell me a little about that and how you got into it and your background, all that fun stuff. Sure. So one thing you said was we're busy, which is true, but a lot of us are busy not producing. Um, and I've been part of that as well. You know, busy does not mean you're making money or, yeah. or getting the results, right? So it's it's what are you busy doing that matters? And totally. you learn that once you're in the field. Um, but my background, I uh, went to school for financial economics initially. I wanted to work on Wall Street and be a trader, a venture capitalist and make billions of dollars. And Sounds uh, delightful. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. <laughs> um, and then I ended up really just about a month or two into undergrad volunteering for a program that worked with at-risk kids from Baltimore City. Um, and I met this kid who was from a totally different world than I even knew existed, to be honest. Okay. Um, and working with him, I realized I had a passion for other things than money. Uh, and so I, I actually... Be it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I dove into becoming his mentor, he needed a lot of advocacy on the special education side um, and just a lot of issues at home. Okay. How um, old was he? He was 11 at the okay. time. Um, and so I quickly realized that economics wasn't my thing. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and so I ended up becoming a social work major, okay. which is like a 180. Yeah. <laughs> my family wasn't quite sure You're what like, to do. let me make billions. Okay, I'll just get by. Yeah, I'll just give it all away. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so... Switching to social work, um, I kept working with him. I started working for a group home called The Children's Home, which I'm still at today. Okay. Um, and my family adopted him as my little brother. Okay. So I had the privilege of raising him from 15 to 18 years old. Oh, wow. Um, which required a lot of advocacy now in Pennsylvania. And so that led me to law school. Um, and I wanted to work at that point in special ed. Um, yeah. Kind of got jaded by the system a little bit while I was in school. It's a little rough. Um Dropped out of law school twice, okay. eventually finished. Um, but to start law school, I had to leave my social work job. I was a foster care case manager in Delaware County. Okay. And so at that point, I said, well, I've always been interested in real estate. Let me get my license. I'll sell some houses part-time, yeah. then come out and be this big shot attorney. Right. Um, but jumping back, like getting into law school, it was like inspired by just seeing the journey of your brother. Yeah. We had amazing help, and we had a whole team behind him okay. um, going to the IEP meetings um, with mm -hmm. his school district. Spent five years in federal court fighting for services, wow. um, you know, testifying, and it was we had a very, very good team. Yeah, um, and still lost, which is a whole separate story. But, um, but that was what inspired me to want to be able to do what was done for us because we had really great service along the way. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. I mean, and that's it's you know. Just that passion behind it, how that pulls a trigger for people. Yeah. You know? It woke some things up that I didn't know were there. Yeah. So. Funny how that happens, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so, okay. So, fast forward, you're done law school. Mm -hmm. um, now, at this point, you're still associated with the children's home. Yes. 
doing mentor mentorship with like different other kids or like how how did that work what did that relationship look like so with the children's home obviously i was working there full-time when i was in maryland okay. when i came back to pennsylvania i was going back on a monthly basis okay that role um kind of evolved to a supervisory role i've worked in every building every shift at one point or another so yeah. i've been around um best way to learn yeah absolutely love working with the kids one-on-one um and so i ended up becoming a supervisor there um, where when I'm there, I'm the on grounds. So I run, not run the campus, but I oversee what's right. happening, respond the, to crises. Yeah. You're the fire um, putter out or if yeah, need be. Yeah. <laughs> um, since then, especially with COVID, I haven't been down there in person as much, but I do train the staff um, and cur- current and new staff in the oh. crisis intervention and de-escalation. And I'm certified in their program. So wow. I get to now impact the service is being delivered to the kids, which is what I wanted to do yeah. all along. So that's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Thank you. And then, you know, with that, I guess, how do you then evolve into, into real estate? <laughs> so <laughs> while I was in law school, real estate was supposed to be part-time, but it kind of took off. I was good at it. I saw the money you could make. And I realized that the idea of stopping it once I got my law degree didn't make any sense because I could build out this company, let it grow as big as it could possibly get, yeah. and then use that to do the other stuff on the side that I wanted to do. Yeah. Because even the type of law that I wanted to get into, there isn't a lot of money in it. Right. Especially because it evolved into wanting to work with kids in foster care, you know, child advocacy, things like that. Yeah, so just paying the bill. Basically, a social worker with a law degree. So, right. Right. Um, Which is like a unique thing that you have going on right so i said okay let me see how big i can grow this and then let that fund everything else and yeah. that's I'm, i've been fortunate to be able to do that and that's it's awesome. it's a nice mix of things yeah for sure so okay so you finished law school and were taking real estate courses I, at the same time well i took the courses before i started school okay so by the time i started in 2009 i also started my real estate career okay um and I was on a team initially, then I was a solo agent, then I started building the team that I have now. Okay. Now, do you feel like from just focusing on the real estate part, um, should realtors have their own like LLC set up? So I'm probably the last person for any kind of business or tax advice, but generally <laughs> speaking... I don't know. <laughs> generally speaking, yes. Um, it, it's normally advisable that they have an LLC based on the advice I've been given because there are some tax advantages. Okay. What they are, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Right, but right. I do get and paid as an LLC um, per the advice of my advisors. No, that which I feel like that is something that, you know, it's like, do you use your social security number and go in as like a sole practitioner or, you know, form an LLC and have that little extra layer of protection mm-hmm. in case anything goes wrong. But I feel like what would that be? Well, I think as an agent, I don't get any protection from the LLC that I wouldn't otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Um, we have insurance and everything. On the investment side, it helps. Right. Um, but for me, the LLC is really just for tax reasons. Okay. Which is great. Not every and... company will pay an LLC, but mine does. Okay. Because they understand that it's better for the agents. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because I feel like if you're making payments, I don't, I mean, and I don't know the tax advantages to paying a person versus an LLC, I guess. Especially if it's like 1099, I guess it's you 1099 in LLC. Yes. Okay. Well, you're 1099 a person too. So right. The difference I would be either way. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. 
Um, so getting into real estate, what was like your first sale? What was your first thing where you were like, okay, I did this and we got through it and I made some money. So my first sale was to the mother of a Starbucks barista where I was studying for my courses. <laughs> so, Love that. Um, and it, it's funny because it kind of foreshadowed how I would eventually build my business because I do it through networking and being out places and being very in front of everybody in the community. So I yeah. was sitting at this table. I was, I'd been there every day studying and yeah. this kid behind the counter, Kyle, thanks Kyle. Um, <laughs> this kid behind the counter um, just sat down across from me and said, my mom wants to buy a house. Can you help her? And I How said, cute. not right now, but in two months I can. Yeah. <laughs> and she waited for me and I sold, oh um, I sold them, um, their house she and her husband's first house together and it was my first sale That's and i've worked for the family since then i've been to their weddings i've it's been a long-term friendship which yeah. is great well and i feel like it probably really does evolve into that yeah. you know and um side note mike is also my teacher i'm doing the temple real estate course and mike's my teach and he's awesome at it so and tara's a great student <laughs> Revs up the class a little bit, but it's all good. <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> um, okay, so we have that going. And then were you with you were with a different organization at that point? Yes. Okay. So what happened there? So anytime I've left a company, it's either been because I've outgrown it or the culture has changed. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I didn't realize what the culture was to begin with, I should say. Okay. Um Fair. the first company um I was in law school, but outperforming the rest of the office. And that didn't make sense to me because I should not be doing better than the full-time agents. Just didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, As super part-time with a focus in law school. Right. So I kind of realized that there were other opportunities that would let me grow to a higher level. I'd been recruited by six other offices. Um, and in talking to every one of those offices, I told them what my goal was at that point, which was 250 a year. Yeah. And every one of them said, we have people that do that every year. We'll mentor you. We'll hook you up with them. I said, okay, there's room to grow. Yeah. I went back to that company, told them my goal, and the broker laughed at me. And that was when I immediately knew it was time to go. Yeah, like, um, like laugh, like never going to happen? Exactly. Not with us, basically, is what she was wow. saying. In fact, she said, I hope you have another job. That was her, Those were her words to me. <laughs> I mean, so, um now. <laughs> and and it's crazy because I'm like, where's the inspiration at? <laughs> right. And also knowing what I know now, that was a small goal. You know, so to right. think that nobody in that office was doing anything close to it, yeah. Doesn't make sense. That's a leadership issue. Was it I mean, for the sake of like, I don't know, playing devil's advocate, mm -hmm. we'll say, um, were they in an area where the housing price point was significantly lower? No. No. Okay. No. I'm just trying to throw that out there. So <laughs> I went from there to uh, my second office and I was there for about three years and we were doing well. Um, we were one of the top teams in the office. Okay. That was a culture shift and it was time to go. Okay. Um, I can't get into great detail, but it was just time to go. <laughs> <laughs> time to make moves. Listen, uh, sometimes it's just time to make moves. Like yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. And there was not a long-term plan there. Yeah. Um, it was actually pretty clear because we were doing well that the person at the top who also I'll stop it there. Uh, the person at the top um, was not going to let us get too much farther because we were a threat. Really? Yeah. So that always, 
like astounds me when people are threatened by competition versus just like looking at it as like a collaboration. Right. And you're in the same office. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it's that many more signs. It's that many more like we sold this, 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 and this. Yes. Look at us as a team, not look at me. Right. And she would have made money off of everything we did. So Right. That like makes no sense to me. So it was time to go. Um, and at that point, um, I went to my third company, <laughs> um, which was a place I never had thought I would work for. Okay. Um, for a number of reasons. But a guy that had been on my team um, had left my team for that office and told me it was really great. I let him sit there for 11 months to prove it. Yeah. Um, and then I, w I took my whole team over to that office. Okay. And he and I started running the team together as partners. Oh, actually. that's awesome. Um, what was so great about it? Like, what what was the difference? Um, it didn't have a lot of the stuff I was leaving okay. um, in terms of uh, some dynamics, okay. should we say? I like that I word. Be careful. That's a good, that's a great <laughs> word. That's a great word. Um, but, and also it was, it was one of several um, aligned offices in the area that were all part of the same company. Okay. And I felt like that particular office had a different vibe than the others I'd been in. Okay. Which was the reason I didn't want to work for that company to begin right. with. This particular one was a little bit different. Okay. Um, I really loved the broker, just amazing lady. Um, and so we lasted there for about three years as well. Oh, wow. Um, and then there was another shift. Okay. So. <laughs> Shifts happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then how did you then figure out where, because I feel like you're really happy where you're at now. Extremely. Yeah. Like yeah, you I'll like talk about it and you kind of, you're spin. Yeah. <laughs> In class anyway. <laughs> um. So what about this mm -hmm. is different then? So ironically, the company I'm with now is the same as the company I was during my second office. Okay. But it's, but it's different leadership, different, everything is 180 degrees opposite. Um, and so the culture of this office, it's very collaborative. It's, you know, the, the top team and the office is owned by the owner of the office okay. knows that I want to beat him in production. And okay. when I do, we're going to celebrate together. And Love that's that. what I'm looking for. Love that. Um, super supportive of the agents, uh, my team growth. They're just, they're there for them. Um, and they're looking at my long-term goals and future, and they want everything that I want for myself. So Which we're very much amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you guys set that up? Like, do you guys have that conversation <laughs> kind of in the beginning? And what are your goals and whatnot? Yeah. And the nice thing is you can have that conversation, but then you get in and you realize that it's not the same that they promised, but every single thing that was promised has happened and then some. You know, and I also look at with the last couple of years we've had during COVID, all the challenges that there have been, especially with realtors when we couldn't sell anything. Oh, yeah. Um, I look at how they treated the agents and how they supported us and, you know, worked with us on yeah. revenue and expenses. So yeah. they really tried to make sure we yeah, would come out on the other side. Provided some guidance in that. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was crazy times for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, just trying to navigate. And I feel like as someone that either owns a company or works for a company or however that looks like when you're a part of a team where there's like support within and from your higher ups like that's clutch yeah you know absolutely. i feel like it's telling it's not like all right well you guys figured out right you know i know yeah. i mean as like an owner of a company that's that i felt like i was heartbroken not just for like myself and you know my salons but for my employees. Yeah. And I was like, what are we, what are we going to do? We, I was like, all right, guys, we're going to put together a plan mm -hmm. and try and generate some income. And we do hair. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is kind of funny. Um, so what do you think, what's your super skill? Networking. Okay. I mean, I've, and I try to coach my team like this too, because there's all these, all these ways you can get leads. You can pay for leads. You can, but me, I go out. I'm, I don't work from the office cause there are no clients in the office. The clients are in the community. So yeah. I, ha I, I work from restaurants and coffee shops and, you know, I've, you've yeah. seen my laptop, it's got yeah. my face on it. And, yeah. and um, so I, I make sure to talk to people every single day and I try to make sure I meet new people every day whenever possible. And, and it's organic and it's not about me. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is you're not, when you're out in the community, you should not be trying to sell people on yourself. Right. It's just right. making relationships and seeing where totally. you can help them. And yeah. coming, we have a phrase in KW coming from contribution, which is how can I be of value to you? And if you do that, then naturally they're going to come to you when they need Absolutely. real estate services, right? But, thousand percent. You know, I've I've provided in the last year probably ten therapist references because yeah. of COVID and everything else. So yeah. you know, it's where where are you in your life right now? What do you need? Who do I know that can help you? Yeah, absolutely. And what you can what you can offer people. Yeah, you know. And I feel like when it's genuine, you know what I mean. It's yeah. people see that and they they're like, oh yeah, I want to. Mike sold me my house. He will sell me my next house. Yeah, you know. And it's more than just that sales tactic. Well, and I think too, I'm really fortunate in that I'm not the best at follow up. We're we're trying to get better. We will get better as a team. I've not done the best practices of you sell a house, you call them every three months for the rest of their lives till they yeah. use you again. Um, we will get there, but I have people that I haven't talked to in eight years that call me and say, Hey, we're ready to yeah. sell again. And I'm like, how did you remember me? But the reality is you not to mark. brag, but I did a good job. I was yeah. ethical. I led with integrity and I cared. And yeah. so they remember it without me being in their face. Right. I could still do a much better job, but I'm fortunate that, because I left a good first impression. It's huge. They find me. It's huge. And when yeah. everything's smooth sailing, you know, it's like I know that everything was smooth sailing in this time. So I'm sure we're going to have the same experience. And even if it wasn't, they know that I was there. I helped them. Right. I figured it out. Right. Well, you know, I'm right. We Working out hiccups because hiccups happen. Yeah. Right. We all know that. Um, okay. So jumping over, you also have a Taekwondo business. Yes. <laughs> that you run. Um, and where is it at? In Maryland? Upper Marion. Upper Mar Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, well, well, well. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like in Maryland as well. The children's home is Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Now, for some reason, I, I kind of had the state. I barely know which state I'm in sometimes. So. <laughs> um, and how, like, how did that evolve? So I started Taekwondo when I was 12. So 26 years ago, almost okay. 27. Um, I was getting bullied in middle school and said to my parents, I want to learn how to fight. They put me in this class. It was um, through the local park and rec department. Uh, got almost instant results. I wasn't beating up the other kids, but I just had the confidence right. that I could stand up for myself. Totally. Ended up by the end of school being friends with the, a lot of the people that I was not friends with before. Right. Uh, it was kind of ironic. I've sold some houses to a few of them. Um, That's funny. But as I went through the program, I got my first degree black belt, I think in ninth grade, and then my second I think I was still in high school when I got the second. Um, evolved from that into being an assistant instructor and, and working with a lot of the other students. And then about 10, it's a, it's a blur at this point, but I think about 10 years ago, the head instructor moved to Florida. Okay. 
I sold his houses up here, which is great. Uh, (laughs) And, um, and he literally handed me the keys and said, it's yours now. Um, and so I took it over and, you know, we've had our ups and downs. COVID was a challenge teaching Taekwondo via zoom. Totally. Um, that was not fun actually at all. No. Um, but we've, we've built out what I think is a really great program. It's still, it's in the same park and rec department. It's the most affordable program around, which is for a reason because there are yeah. a lot of there's plenty of schools, but they're kind of expensive. Yeah, and a lot of families that really could use the the skills for their kids can't yeah. afford our local programs. Yeah, um, totally. So we're the cheapest you can find, other than free. Um, yeah, and we we have a really good following. And awesome. and I was lucky when I started teaching at Temple, I actually turned the school over to one of my assistant instructors. Okay. And she's fantastic. And she and her she has two kids in the program as well. That's awesome. And they've just embraced it and, and our school is now the biggest it's been since before COVID. That's amazing. So she's done a great job. That's amazing. Like I feel like you are like the definition of a serial entrepreneur <laughs> in the best way. Um Thank I, you. I recently had a conversation with someone that um, he had, you know, he had a career and then it, he went through every level of this career and then now he's doing something completely different. He's like, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know how to identify like who I am or what I do as one thing. And I'm like, I don't think I was like, first of all, if you're asking me, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to be a this or do a that. Like you can do whatever fills your cup. Right. You know? I mean, I feel like for you, what fills your cup, what I'm getting is like, you know, helping kids, helping people, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where it, you can do these things and it is work, but it doesn't feel like work. Absolutely. So like, as you were saying. And it could be a challenge too, because my life is a very open book online and everywhere. Um, So I have to be careful and make sure that people don't think that because I'm now doing this, I'm not doing the rest. Right. I'm doing all of it. And people will think that. They will. They will think that. Yeah. Um, So I've had to really be careful in how I approach things, how I disclose things, because they think, oh, well, if you're doing that, you're not focused on this other thing. That's not true. I just have amazing people in place. Yeah. And honestly, if you carve out the time for things, you can do 80 million things. Yeah. We all have the same 24 hours. We just handle them differently. Exactly. No, and that... I, I'll get that a lot. Like, how do you do all this? I'm like, I, you just you just carve out the time. You just do it. And you're like, okay. I'm like, I don't understand how you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you but I think, it. too, you have to have a big why, right? Like, you have to understand why it is that you're working 19 hours today right. when your friends are out and having fun and or you, or you can't make it to whatever it is, but yeah. you have this bigger picture goal. That's what you're going yeah. toward. Yeah. You know, and that's what gets something. you through the rest of it. And it, yeah, absolutely. And just having that, like, where it doesn't feel like work, where you're not like, oh, my God, I have to go and do this. Yeah. And you're dreading every second of it. <laughs> and that makes me so sad because I hear so many people that do that. Yeah. And, you know, and then social media is a factor. And then they see these people on social media and they're like, I want their life, and mm. you know, because they're entrepreneurs and right. they're doing they're traveling and doing this and showing all the good stuff. But what doesn't happen is we don't see the work that gets put in exactly so let's talk about the work so when i was in law school and also building out the business you know you're expected to do law school full-time and focus just on that but i didn't have that luxury i had to work yeah i had friends who were fortunate that their parents were paying 
for law school and rent and yeah. everything. Awesome. Um, good for them. Which is good for them. Good right. For them. And good job, parents. Yes. That you <laughs> were able to do that. Whatever you did in life, you did it right. Yeah. Um, but I I couldn't. And I think I I probably came out stronger for it, although I would not be opposed to having no student loans from law school. Yeah. Um, but I was working 100 hours a week between school and work and everything else. Um, so it's it's not easy. No. And it's not for everybody because I was tired. Like there were days when I really didn't want to do anything. Yeah. But I had to get up and do it again. Yeah. You know, seven days a week. So it's uh, it's and a lot of people didn't see it because it was behind the scenes. It's on how you do it. Well, I do it because when you're asleep, I'm not. Right. That's how I did it. Exactly. You know? You're like, I'm grinding. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's it's amazing. Now it's amazing. Just, you know, how like people view things very differently. Um, so are you still mentoring kids right now? A little and bit. You had, you do some, um, pro bono work mm-hmm. as an attorney, as a youth advocate. Yeah. How's that work? How are you uh, getting that into your day? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the nice thing is I have some control over it, um, or a lot of really. So there's two things I'm, I'm doing right now. One is I'm a, a volunteer attorney for Philly volunteers for the indigent program, Philly VIP. You can pick and choose what cases you take. So okay. if I don't have time, I don't have time. Yeah. Um, I just took my first case for them. It was a custody trial. We just got through that. Um, really fulfilling because you know it was a it was a mom that was one hundred percent just trying to do the best for her son, yeah. and was in a bad spot. So it was nice to be able to help her with that. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, I'm a court appointed special advocate, which you don't have to be an attorney to do, but being a lawyer helps, right? Um, and so with that, you get assigned to a foster kid or kid in foster care. Um, usually the more, uh, complex cases that require additional advocacy. So my, my role is really just to advocate for the child's best interest and also communicate what the kid wants to the court and other agencies that are involved. So I just got my first case with them maybe three weeks ago. Um, and it's been challenging, but fun. you know, we, uh, there was, a. About I feel like there's like ago. nothing that's like heavy. I feel like there would be like nothing easy about that. It is. And, and we went through four placements in a week about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing him every day for just about seven days. Wow. Um, and you know what? Honestly, as much as I love what I do outside yeah. of that, my my favorite part of the day was when I was honestly sitting with him in the shelter the one day because wow. that's where I needed to be, yeah. you know, in that moment. Yeah. So and that's what makes the rest of it worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. It's amazing. It really is. And it's it's funny, like, just, you know, having these conversations with different people and seeing what drives different people and how it just ends up in all these different career paths. But it's driven by their passion. Yeah. So thank you for, like, being awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so thanks for coming on. We'll do. We'll have to do some follow-ups as your team continues to grow. Sure. And, uh, you know, just kind of see what's going on in your, in your life and with all of your stuff with, you know, the children's home and your advocacy programs. And you know, it's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. You should be proud of yourself. I appreciate it. <laughs> I have a lot of fun. I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I, I know that you really feel that way, you know. So, cool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs>